0: So uh, everybody, uh, what I thought is just, uh, let's just prepare our hearts and really just pray um, if I can kind of just share what's in my heart uh, for these sessions, it would be, uh, it's about revelation, encounter and manifestation. So for me, it's kind of something, it's it's kind of a hard message, but it's also something that's really been stirring in my heart recently a lot more. And... Um, when i decided to do this because i mean lots of people are doing stuff right now so i don't want to be just adding to that um but i just uh i felt that god wants to do something in it and in the season so let's be expectant and see what he wants to do um and uh, uh you know let's trust him for something special there's no reason uh why we cannot get absolutely Whacked or whatever it might be, right where you are, uh really touched by God. There's no reason why we can't get healed. Not, none of those things is a problem. Uh, you all are on fire, hungry people, and um, I know that there's no limit. So so let's just take a couple of minutes, maybe five, even ten minutes, and, and just start praying together. Um uh and uh just press in. If you can pray in tongues, let's pray in tongues, but, re- but let's really press in. Uh, for a couple of minutes, and just say, Lord, we, we, you know, we want to move forward. We, we want to see what you're doing right now, and uh, uh, and just engage the, engage heaven, engage the throne room, and let's just say, Lord, we're hungry and we're ready for this. All right, so let's go for it. Mm-hmm. So, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Lord, mm-hmm. Lord, Ko the shien da ra bashii anda son robo ko robo ki anda ra basende le le ko shoko robo shien da ra son tara ra ra basian to ko robo ko shian sara ki a robo son do robo shien da ba corto robo ko ki a she kere de ko ki ende ko robo Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We worship you. We glorify you, We thank you for your presence. We thank you for this time together, Lord. Mark this time with your presence. Mark this time as an encounter in our lives, Lord. When I pray every home, how cool is this, Lord? Forty-five, sixty homes can be filled with your presence right now, Lord. Let your glory infiltrate homes all over South Africa, all over the United States, wherever people are, Lord. But Let it be an infilling of your presence, Lord. Let it be a day of encounter. Let it be an encounter with your glory, an encounter with your grace, an encounter with your mercy. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. Just keep on inviting the Holy Spirit as you sit. Just engage Him, however you do that. But Holy Spirit, we just say come into this place right now. Fill us, Lord. Lord, I pray, quiet every voice that is not from you. Quiet every distraction. Just help us to sit in your presence, Lord. John 15 verse 7 says that when we abide, Lord, when we are present in the moment, when we abide in you, when we are present in you, And your word remains in us and continues to remain in us. We can ask whatever, Lord. But, Lord, we just want to abide now. Lord, I pray that each one of us will feel the overshadowing presence of Jesus just covering us, Lord. The overshadowing presence of the Father just filling us right now, even as we sit and just wait, Lord. We are in you, Lord. That means you're all around us. You're all around us, even in this moment, Lord thank you holy spirit fill us flood us with mercy flood us with grace in jesus name in jesus name hallelujah all right so thank you for that and uh i think we might have a couple of more people jumping in and out uh, as we go ahead so uh uh if you see me distracted it's just because i'm saying they are allowed to come in all right so um what i want to share is just uh um i I want you can open your bibles in ephesians uh chapter one if you want to jump there for a minute and um you know we As I begin this, I want to go to one of the the apostolic prayers that we find in the New Testament. Uh, Paul did a couple of those. You know, there's the high priestly prayer, which is also an apostolic prayer in John chapter 17. There's this one, Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, He's got a couple all throughout his letters. And it's these uh, prayers that just um, kind of resonates into eternity. And it just, you know, the power around it, the truth that's embedded in that, uh, it's just so powerful. And it's something that uh, um, you know keeps speaking, and it keeps having an audience in heaven, and it keeps having an effect on the earth. You know, it's a prayer that doesn't get old. Basically, uh, that's what it's about. And and before we jump into that, you know, I, I did a um, a broadcast the other day where uh, you know we were me and John Louie, a friend of mine from Pretoria, we were talking about kind of what what is the end time you know, the end-time army look like. And it's not an end-time theology, doom and gloom thing. It's just, what does, um, you know, this generation, what are we supposed to step into to see the harvest come in and to see, you know, uh, you know what Jesus wants to have done, uh, to see that manifest? And uh, that kind of got me going on a couple of ideas, just thinking what, you know, what it is that the Lord wants to do and, and what, what would that look like. And uh, I believe that one of the keys to, to anything is, is revelation. You know, the, the minute that, that revelation comes into our life, um, it, it just opens up a different realm in God. It opens up a different place in the Lord that we can go to uh, that allows us access into heavenly places, access into the Spirit, access into places of His character, um, you know, that we haven't been allowed to go into before. Um, one of the scriptures that personally uh, shaped me when, when I started in ministry about 12 years or so ago uh, was that verse in, in Luke chapter 24. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which, which, what verse it is, the number, but it's the verse where we all know the story where it was the guys walking on the road to Emmaus and it was the two, two disciples walking next to Jesus and they had this awesome conversation uh, with the Lord after you know, after they had, a, um, you know, the crucifixion and Jesus being dead, he, he was resurrected already, but they were kind of still kind of reeling around about what's happening. And they, they, they meet Jesus on the road. I mean, you all know the story. They had this long talk with him. Uh, they, they didn't get it. Finally, uh, finally, he, he, he breaks the bread, and their eyes open up, right? And they go, oh, my goodness, we've been walking with Jesus, you know, all along, and we, and we didn't we didn't see it. We didn't realize it. And, um, and then they make this statement and, and that kind of got me forever. The statement is, is he said, to, they looked at each other and they said, did not our hearts burn inside of us as he opened the scriptures to us, right? And, and there's something about that burning because that to me is revelation. It's, it's a different level of understanding when we step into revelation, when, when, it's, when it's true revelation knowledge. That is downloaded into our. our thank you, Luke, twenty-four, thirty-two. I see that. Um, so it's a different level of understanding that comes into our life when it's when it's true revelation. You know, we all know scripture is powerful. They've probably read those scriptures lots of times, being being good Jews and being with Jesus, but it never really sat with them until that moment where, where he broke the bread, he opened that thing up, up and true revelation started. You know, exploding. Uh, basically on the inside of these guys and it changed their lives forever and and for me that has always kind of been the thing i said lord if we whatever i do i pray let it be for people around me but let it be for me the same let it begin with me but whenever we sit would you break the bread and let it be like did not my heart burn inside of me because i had these moments with him, right because that that's the breaking of bread that's the true communion right it's when scripture opens up and our understanding our, you know grows and and paul prays his prayer and uh, i just want to get this thing running uh paul prays this prayer and a powerful prayer where he says god I, I pray that you will grant that you grant them the spirit of wisdom and revelation right uh, i just read that verse 7 and it says for i always pray to the god of our lord jesus christ The Father of glory, that he may grant you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. The Amplified says, of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Right? Uh, The Passion Translation says the same thing. It says, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. And I want to kind of start this thing off just, and it's basics, you guys know this, but but all revelation has to lead to greater intimacy, right? Revelation, the minute that it goes beyond intimacy, I'll I'll expand on that a little bit, but, but if revelation is kind of something that I use to go into like a spiritual pride thing or, you know, I have something to share, we're missing the point completely. Right. It has to be grounded in the place that the spirit of wisdom and revelation opens my eyes to his glory so that I can grow into intimacy with him. That's the purpose. There, there, there is no other purpose behind this thing uh, but except to, to grow actually in intimacy. And then he starts expanding. He says, so the first thing is intimacy, right? Then he says, so that we can grow in intimacy. Experience full revelation of his calling of hope. That's in the, the rest of the verses right? It's so that we can understand the wealth of his riches, the inheritance and the power that's available to us. Right? So, so it, it starts like all things. It starts with relationship with him and then it starts unfolding into, cause without it, you're not going to know what's the hope of your call. Uh, you're not going to know the power that's available. You, you're not going to have a grid for the, um, for the, the inheritance that's available and the power that he wants to make manifest through us and available through us. But the key is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, right? So it all begins at that place where, where scripture needs to come alive. Because where, where, here's the thing, without revelation, it's a dead relationship. And the passion will go. Okay? You, you, need a, you need as much of a prophetic testimony when you need a healing testimony do you understand it's not it's not different you you need testimonies in all the areas of the gospel you need a prosperity testimony you need a relational testimony you, you need testimonies in all these areas but prophetic revelation or, or regulatory reign is as important because here's the city i mean we all know the question but but what crucified jesus right? what put him on the cross uh it was people with veiled hearts Right, it was people that that didn't walk in a revelation of of who God is at all, and that's actually what kills intimacy and that what what kills the, the passion that we have with God is when we start lacking in the area of revelation about who He is. Right, so so that's kind. Of, I, I want to set that out there just as a, a beginning place. Um, the word for revelation is is, is the Greek word apocalypsis right which is also the same word used for the book of revelation uh, the first verse revelation 1 1 this is the apocalypse of christ as received by john right so so it's an unveiling it, it means to unveil um uh, it means to unveil lift the veil so that one can see right so that that's kind of the foundation of of, of that word it's an unveiling that keeps happening in our lives and, and that opens up that realm so that he can be unveiled inside of us. We can actually see Jesus for who he is and what he's supposed to be. Um, I want you to, just for me, it's two verses. I'm just going to run through it real quick because I like them and I can. It's says Psalm 119, verse 73 in the uh, Passion Translation. And again, just, just listen to David where he says, your very hands have held me and made me who I am. Give me more revelation light, so I may learn to please you more. So there's kind of another key. Why why do I need revelation? It's so that I can please him more, right? Revelation actually opens up realms in him, because what I see I'm going to display, I'm going to reproduce. And as I step into greater revelation light, I'm actually going to get understanding of what he wants, right? I'm going to be able to do that. Psalm 119, um, verse 93, it says, I can never forget the profound revelations you've taught me, for they have kept me alive more than once. Isn't that something? Like like the life that comes out of revelation, it, it actually keeps us alive, right? And, and I think it's both for David well, I don't know who wrote it, David or Korah, the sons of Korah, we're not sure exactly, uh, I think. But uh, whoever wrote it probably sat with David, they knew him. And, and here's the thing, you, you without revelation, we die spiritually and we die physically as well, because you can make a couple of really bad decisions and end up where you shouldn't be, right? So it, it really is a lifesaver, but spiritually it produces life. Uh, every one of us probably in this room can can. Confess that once that kind of dies down, uh, the passion goes, and it's not that lively between us and the Lord anymore. And that's like a, it's a dry place. We don't like that, right? And God wants to open that realm up. If you can, let's quickly go to Second uh, uh, Corinthians, chapter three. Uh, it's real famous verses. Mm-hmm. I just want to jump us through that real quick, and then we'll, then we'll step into, uh, you know, just hopefully some more practical stuff. But, again, just look at this. You know, it always fascinates me when I read, when I read the letters of Paul, you know, because Paul is this left-brain guy. Uh, you know, that's how we kind of perceive him the scholar of scholars. Yet, his whole life, his whole ministry was birthed out of a revelation personally received from Christ, Galatians chapter 3. You know, so, so Paul basically for 14 years, that's what we understand, sat in the wilderness trying to figure this thing out. And then he got a personal revelation from Jesus. And that's why we basically have, you know, three quarters of the New Testament is because this apparent left brainer, you know, got sucked into heaven or whatever happened to him or Jesus walked into the room again. And that's how basically the whole thing started, you know. So it's out of, again, it's out of the foundation of a revelation of Christ this thing evolved so so he says and uh, we're going to read from verse 13 I'm gonna grab some water Um, it's a long buildup he says uh, speaking about the new covenant old covenant he says nor do we act like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon the finish of the vanishing splendor which had been upon it right in fact their minds were so grown hard and calloused they had become dull and had lost the power of understanding for until this present day when the old testament the old covenant is being read that same veil still lies on their hearts not being lifted to reveal that in christ it is made void and done away and um just pause there for a minute so so paul is kind of you know using this analogy. And just, just remember when he writes and when he says this, there, there was no Old Testament or New. there wasn't a New Testament. That's the point. They only had the, the law and the prophets. And what Paul is trying to say is that these guys were, were you know, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jews in general, they're trying to interpret the law and the prophets without Jesus. So they're, they're going the wrong way in, Right where we are to interpret the law and the prophets through the manifestation of christ and that's what that's what changes things around completely is everything that we do in terms of interpretation because again remember they didn't have the new testament they were actually living it right these guys were were creating that that testament as they lived and how did they get it actually from the old testament never forget that the revelation you see in romans in the book of Hebrews. All of that in the Book of Revelation, they drew from Old Covenant, but what changed immediately from, from, from the Covenant before Christ to after Christ is suddenly I can interpret life through the Covenant that Jesus created on the cross through the manifest presence of Jesus. That, that's the biggest game changer ever, right? It's the fact that you interpret through Him and you look at the Law and the Prophets and suddenly it becomes alive like never before but if you don't do it like that it's still a man-made thing and even the new testament although it's inspired by the new covenant i can still read it with a veil over my heart you know we can still read it without revelation so we can go into all of this stuff we can have information but without that actual encounter without that knowledge that's going to change us and shape us and, and experiential knowledge that pushes us forward you know it's like it's like people quoting constantly listen i'm a new creation uh, I am holiness. Yes, you are. That's absolutely true. But a lot of us aren't living holy yet. So what, so what, what happened there? So you, you have the information, the knowledge, but it hasn't become experiential yet. You understand? We, 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 we claim things in the gospel, but you haven't seen it yet. Although it's a theological truth, it hasn't become a revelational truth in your life. And there is a big difference between that. And, and this is the thing, there, there was glory uh, on the Old Covenant. He says that there was glory. I mean, enough glory that Moses, Moses' face was shining, right? So I don't know how many of you had a shining face recently, but he, he obviously had that, right? So there is definitely glory on that thing. But there is a glory that surpasses. And this is what he's he's kind of getting into, right? Robert, I don't know if you're still there, but this is probably your scripture, uh, sons of glory, man. So so here we go. But um. Moses, here's the thing Moses was man and they could handle man, right? And what I mean with that is everything that Moses produced was from an earthly perspective, although he received it from God. But but the point that I'm trying to make is in the essence of who Israel was, they could handle Moses because it was natural in a certain way, although there was a lot of supernatural elements. But what I mean is the moment that Moses wanted to speak to them, he had to veil his face because they couldn't handle the glory. So they, they could handle fallen man, if I can put it like that. Inspired, but, but, but glorified man was way too much for them. They couldn't handle that, right? It was above and beyond, what they could understand and experience in that time. And you know, And the point was this, that, that for them, their relationship with God was through somebody else called Moses, right? So it doesn't matter how much glory he was carrying, uh, that's awesome, but they had a limit to what they could receive, right? And the minute that it got too much, it's like he had to cover this thing up just cover the revelation, cover the glory, cover it because people cannot handle this thing right now. It's too much for them because their earthly mind is still in their being. Why? Because they don't have a personal revelation of God. Where Moses has a personal revelation of God right? So when he comes off the mountain, when he comes out of the prayer closet, he's shining and it's light all around him and he's manifesting new covenant glory, even though it's still old covenant season. So he's switching covenants, Moses, because he's walking in a spirit of wisdom and revelation, but the people can't handle that and they fall short of the glory, right? Like we all did before Christ. So the point that I'm trying to make is that Moses had to cover the glory, the revelation of Christ, and we get to be unveiled. Christ gets to be unveiled inside of us in the season. The same principle uh, is seen in Isaiah 25. You can just go there at some point. Uh, verse 6 to 8. It's, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible for years. And the, the, the story there is that there's this invitation where God says, listen, come up to this mountain, right? And that mountain is not Mount Sinai. It's Mount Zion, right? So it's an invitation into the spirit realm because Moses came from Sinai, and that's covenant, that's glory disappeared But we are invited to Mount Zion, that's Hebrews 12, that is full of glory, full of revelation, full of life, right? And and in that verse, verse 6, it says that he's gonna set a feast of fat things in front of you, and he's gonna, gonna give you wine from the leaves. And, and what that means, it's it's old, refined, strong-bodied, seasoned wine that he's gonna give to you, right? So you're gonna feast on all these new covenant realities it's it's the new wine it's the spirit it's the outpouring of the spirit it's the outpouring of the new covenant in our lives and he says as you do that verse seven and eight it says that god is going to remove the covering of death it actually says the veil that rests over all mankind that he's going to remove it right and then the people will go behold this is our god this is the one we've been hoping for right The point being that, again, it's through the new covenant reality, through spiritual truth, spiritual reality, that that we step into the breakthrough where the veil is actually removed over our hearts and we get to see. And I know the veil has been torn, it's been ripped, all of that stuff, but I'm talking about distance between me and God, distance in the terms of of living in a regulatory realm with the Holy Spirit. Um, It's interesting. I'm not going to make this theology, but... I just thought about it this morning. Uh, you know, Proverbs 31 is where, uh, well, we believe it's actually, but Betsabai, how would you say it anyway? Solomon's mother uh, that actually wrote that chapter 31 of Proverbs, and then she says at some point she says, "Hey, give strong drink as medicine to him who is ready to pass away, and wine to him in bitter distress of heart." And I was kind of thinking about that and thinking, that's exactly who we were, man. We really needed some wine to get out of out of death, out of the law, out of the old covenant, man. We needed to get into that place where we truly become alive. But anyway, it's just, I thought it was fun. Um, he says that this veil sits over the mind and the heart, right? It's the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And, and we have to get, get that out of the way and we have to start moving forward and And what I believe for for us as a a group, I know most of you pretty well, but what I believe that, that we need to be watchful for is that yesterday's revelation that that doesn't become the veil of today. You know, it's so easily that what I've seen and what I've experienced that that kind of becomes the veil in this season of my life right now. And that thing actually prohibits me from stepping into future and further glory you know Uh, it's simple it's like moses when the snakes bit the israelites remember that fun story uh and uh, god said to him all right i want you to make the bronze serpent put it on the the stick and when you lift it whoever looks upon that will be healed right so israel had to work through again the serpent is bad why are we looking at a serpent right so yesterday's revelation almost kept them from today's healing right and then years later we see how that serpent actually became an idol i think it was in the time of king Ezekiel, where that 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 serpent actually became an idol right so what what once was bad suddenly became regulatory in the next realm and then when you get stuck on that it actually becomes an idol in the future (laughs) so We have to kind of be able to progress and to be like water with the Lord and progress and flow where the stream goes. And that doesn't mean that old revelation is not relevant. I'll get into that in a minute. It just means watch out that we don't measure everything through what happened in a season. I've been doing this now for a couple of years and and there's stuff that I taught in the beginning that I wouldn't touch now. You know, but I wouldn't even say because revelation grew. There was progress. My heart wasn't evil. It wasn't wrong. But it's just stuff that I, you know, I've seen different things right now. And we have to be able to be progressive uh, in that season. And that's exactly what happened to Moses because it says that Moses, Exodus 34, it says when he went into the tent of meeting, he, had to, he removed the veil. Every time he went in, he removed the veil. And when he came out, he was glowing. Right? So, but when he stepped into God's presence, the, the picture for me is just to, to be able to step into the Word, step into the presence of the Lord uh, without preconceived ideas, without filtering things through what happened yesterday and the day before. So Moses could make that difference. Some things are veiled before man, right? Because listen, there is there, a place where certain revelation needs to be kept to yourself for a season because the people aren't ready for it. Right? Sometimes there's things that that needs to grow on the inside of you, and you need to veil it when you're amongst men. But when I'm before the Lord, the veil needs to come off. Right? I need to be open. It has to be face to face. Otherwise, I'm going to miss on the blessing and the glory uh, that He actually wants to release uh, in my life. It goes on, and verse um, uh, verse 15 it says, "Yes, down to the very day, whenever Moses is read." they lies upon their minds and hearts right so that's why we have to guard our hearts we have to guard our minds and we have to interpret life through the words of jesus and not the other way around they they still wanted to interpret things through the law through moses you can't interpret god through man it's the other way around you know we we have to get that transition right otherwise we're going to fall short verse 16 but whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. Um, that turning, it actually means to morph. It's like a metamorphosis. So you turn, you, you, so it's not just a, you know, I turn from my sin and I go the other way. But it, you actually turn into the person of Christ. So it's... It's that intertwining with the Lord. It's where you connect and it's like that, that strands coming together. My life and his life, it, it, it interjects almost and it connects in a way that's different. So it, it's, it's one thing to turn to the Lord and to behold him in that sense from a distance, but you're looking at him. There's a different thing to turn into him, to metamorph into him so that I actually become Christ-like and I start displaying him, right? it's a big difference you know we can look at scripture and we can read it so we turn to scripture but we haven't turned to christ that's a it's a weird analogy but you understand that it, it can just be information versus i actually connect with him through the pages through the you know i think it's john paul jackson always said you've got to read the white on the page when you read the bible read the white you know you need to read between the lines if you, if you study scripture because that's where the unlocking of things start happening you know and you have to be able to morph into Christ. And that's where true life gets revealed. It's when I actually take on the nature of God and I start stepping into that. Um, and here's the, the, the thing. It says, when I turn to Christ, whenever person turns to the Lord, to Christ, the veil is removed. And again, we have to step into deeper revelation of Jesus. Listen, this stuff is, is, is simple, but, but this is my point without regulation of jesus you are going to be a weak christian and and what i mean with that is you have to know who he is you have to know for yourself who god is otherwise when the storm comes you're going to stumble if you don't know who he is you have to know that because this thing will be tested in you it's more than the word over your life more than the prophecies over your life but who is he what is he like? What is his nature? What is his character? Because that's, what, that's what's going to sustain you. That's what makes you stand up in a business meeting and say, listen, this is what God says we're moving in this direction, right? And, and you have the confidence that he's going to meet you on the other side. But without the revelation of Christ in you, you're going to be weak, right? Because you're not going to know. You're not going to be able to withstand the storm. Because is he going to come through for me? Is he not? You know, What is he like? I don't know. So that turning into Him, so when we morph into Christ, is massive, right? Uh, Verse seventeen, famous verses. It says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." Right? The veil is lifted. I see that the the Spirit of the Lord is that Mount Zion thing that I spoke about earlier, and all of us with an unveiled face, because we continued. That's a key word, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. What is the glory of the Lord? It's Christ. It's the manifestation, the presence of Jesus. That's the one we're beholding. We become constantly transfigured into his very own image, right? So you know this word transformation, it's the same word used in Matthew 17, where Christ got transfigured on the mountain, Right? So when we behold Him, we actually become transfigured. We, we get turned inside out, upside down. Everyone is that, And the glory of the Lord starts manifesting through us in everything that we do. You know, uh, quickly think of this progression if you look at the life of Peter, right? So Peter sits in Matthew 16. It's, it's the first test god jesus sits with him and he says right so you know what do the people say who am i the whole story you know it and suddenly uh, peter goes and he says oh you're you're the son of god you're 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 the christ jesus turns to him and he says to him hey buddy you didn't get that by yourself that was revelation directly from the father and then jesus goes on this rock meaning this revelation but also the fact was peter was the early church leader right on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail, right? So revelation and hell, revelation is a great detergent, a detergent for hell, right? It really pushes it away because if you're walking in revelation, hell is afraid of you because it cannot deceive you. It's as simple as that, right? When I walk in revelation, I'm not going to be deceived by the next hype or the next thing because I know who the word is. I've seen him. I've tasted him. I've touched him, right? It's massive, He says, so the gates of hell will not prevail. So here's the keys, Peter, whatever you release, you know, the whole thing. That is massive, right? So what just happened? Peter had a revelation, right? Which is profound. It shapes him. Now, look at this progression. Next chapter, right? Jesus takes three guys up the mountain John, James, and Peter. And he says, come, I want to show you something. I want to show you what happens when I spend time with my father. I quickly want to show you what happens. Uh, who I really am. Because, I mean, they know, he, he just had the revelation, listen, Jesus, you're the Christ, right? He, he just, he, he finally gets it. He's like, oh, I mean, Jesus has been talking over and over to them. Listen, I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to be magnified. I'm going to sit at the right hand of my father. We're going to rule all of this. It's awesome. And they all went, it's amazing. But we're still wondering, when is this kingdom coming when you're going to draw your sword and we're going to get the Romans out of here, right? So. In all of the hearing, the information, he had a revelation that this is Christ, but something hasn't dropped yet, right? Something hasn't shifted completely yet. So Jesus goes, all right, I'm going to help you. So he takes these three guys up the mountain. We all know what happens. Jesus starts praying. The next minute, he gets what? Transfigured, transformed from glory to glory to glory. His face shines like the sun. His robes are glistening like lightning. And it is chaos on the mountain, right? Peter is freaking out. He's going, okay, you know, should we build something? Elijah, I mean, the cloud of witnesses here. So, I mean, everything's happening now. This is getting fun. And Peter still stands a little bit. Then the cloud comes and overshadows them, the glory that, you know, the, the glory of the Lord comes. The father speaks and says, this is my son. Listen to him. And that was it. They're out on their faces, right? This was too much for them, right? They couldn't handle this thing anymore on their faces. And Peter is a changed man, right? Because what what suddenly happened? He shifted from, from revelation, which is powerful, into encounter. Okay? So revelation moved into an encounter with the glory. And suddenly, even though revelation is super powerful, but the minute that the encounter with the person, the glorified Christ came, these boys were different right something shifts inside of them forever okay but here's the kicker it still wasn't enough because later on what happens the same guy says Peter I mean he, he got the revelation of Christ he got the encounter just three of them got it but he got it he got the encounter on the mountain now it's before the cross he still didn't get it right and he goes okay well you know Lord here we are uh, you know, Jesus says, "I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die, and you know, I'll rise up again." He's still not getting it, right? I'm not knocking the guy. He, he died a martyr's death. I think Peter, that you know, I don't think he always gets enough credit. Um, but but it's it's human. That's that's the point. And and he goes, "Right, Lord, I'm not leaving you. I'll I'll die with you." We we'll all know the story. Jesus says, "Buddy, before the rooster crows, you would have denied me three times, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. What does he do? The guy with all the revelation. What does he do again? Denies Peter, uh, denies Jesus, right? Uh, Again, and Peter is out of the game. He goes fishing in John chapter 21. (laughs) He's like, I'm done with this thing. I'm not getting it, right? And what happens? Jesus bakes them breakfast. He says, sit down. and, And what does he do? Again, revelation and encounter. I want you to see this. Revelation and encounter, and suddenly something else is added to this mix. Manifestation of the redemptive grace of Christ comes into that minute because what does he say to him? He three times you all know the story. Peter, you know, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And Peter breaks and he goes, I love you, Lord. And he says, Well, feed my lambs, you know, take care of a sheep, the whole thing. And what suddenly happens? This guy, through revelation, encounter, and manifestation become so transformed that he, I read the other day again where where they said when he was leaving Rome, because he actually felt that he's gonna die. Uh, That's what the history says. And as he left Rome, um, he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him and said, it's your time. And they say that he turned around and went back to Nero and said, give me the cross that I've been longing for my whole life. And he got crucified upside down. You see, that is way beyond information. That is way beyond, yeah, I get the are of Christ. That is a process of revelation, encounter, and manifestation that shapes a man. That he goes over oh, the cross that I've longed for my whole life. You know, there is a depth in that that goes beyond my understanding even. And all I know is that if if we are looking at the world around us and the place that we're going is, how are we going to shift into that kind of power and revelation and might unless these three things are starting to happen in our world? You know, how are we going to shift into a next gear with God unless these things actually grows on the inside of us and and it becomes like who we are because we see who he is and we say well we'll go to whatever length whatever end we're willing to go but you encountered him for yourself right because that doesn't matter if you're a pulpit minister or a stay-at-home mom then right but if you have a revelation of who he is you're going to do everything out of that place of i get who you are lord and i'm going to move from this place and i'm going to give my life to you and suddenly my heart is burning not our hearts burn inside of us because he opened scripture to us he opened up something and we're transformed and we're changed and we're made new right um and and where does it happen anywhere <laughs> you know revelation should be anywhere i'm, I'm going to share a story maybe some of you have heard me share it before and before i share that i want to pause on this thing real quick just remember if you look at the gospel of john Jesus is constantly, it's amazing, but in the Gospel of John, if you look at it, he's constantly lifting their heads. He's constantly lifting humanity's head. He's constantly going, no, man, look up. The harvest is white. He says, uh, you, know, you need to see my father's house. You're going to be with me where my, where my He's constantly lifting the expectation to a higher reality, to Mount Zion, because that's where we're going to be fed from. He's moving us out of the Moses law realm, and he's shifting us, uh, into something greater and higher. He's constantly doing that. You know, that encounter with Nathaniel in, in John 1 is one of my favorite stories as well, where he goes and he says, "Nathaniel, you're a man without guile. And, and Nathaniel goes, how do you know that? You know, and, and Jesus says, yeah, no, I saw you while you were sitting under the thick tree. And Nathaniel goes, then you must be the Messiah. You know, he's blown away. And it's kind of like Jesus smirks at him and he's just like, buddy, you, you haven't seen a thing, Right you're going to see angels ascending and descending upon the son of man. So what Jesus is doing is saying, hey, that that was pretty, I mean, it was awesome. He probably said more things to him, but he says, that was just a word of knowledge, man. I'm going to literally rip heaven open above you so that the angels, messengers can ascend and descend. Revelation can flow in and out. And he's referring to Genesis 28 where Jacob, uh, also went from a guy with information, right? Think about it. He's escaped. He's just escaped the whole thing with Esau's, you know, stole Esau's birthright, Although he didn't have to, but anyway, uh, he did that. He probably knew the prophecy over his life, uh, but but he was a shrewd guy, you know? He was a chancer. And so he shifts in Genesis 28. He's fleeing his brother. He just deceived his father. I mean, he's just a, he's not the guy you want. You don't want to be friends with him right now, right? And he kind of shifts out of all of his stuff. And he puts his head on that rock. And what happens? He, he gets the encounters where angels ascend and descend. And what does God say? God fixes. God appears to him and he fixes. He gives him the revelation of who he is. And he says, the, the covenant that I have with Abraham, that I have with Isaac, I'm going to have it with you. And he, he's repeating the same promise. But suddenly, this is what I want you to see. So again, another guy. He shifts from information into revelation and encounter, and that becomes covenant, right? It becomes covenant power in his life that shifts him for the rest of his days. He needed another one in Genesis 32 where he saw the angels and he wrestled with God. And again, it's encounter and revelation that pushes him into covenantal relationship where he shifts into something completely different than what he was before. Right? We have to get to that place where the revelation comes so deep that it's covenant. That means this thing is not going to be broken. I see him for who he is. Right? I recognize that. And it's the covenant that I have within that what is his nature is my nature. It's going to move me in whatever direction I need to go. Right? Um, what? I, wanted, I interrupted myself. What was I talking about? Oh, the encounter. Yes. So... Uh, so the 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 encounter thing like for me it happens in all realms and it has to right and i want to say something about it because some of you might be listening and thinking well you know i'm not a seer or i'm not this or i'm not that listen i don't think i'm a seer either uh um and, and that's not the point everything that i experienced in the lord started with impressions everything right so everything started with I had an impression, impressionation or whatever you want to call it, a, a, a pool, whatever. I had a feeling on the inside of me, right? And that grew into something. But, so I don't care if it's impressions that you're getting, if you're seeing, if you're going to heaven, if angels are walking into your room, if scripture just starts burning in your heart. It doesn't matter. That is the key. That's the gateway into revelation, right? And it's okay if you don't see or you don't, it's, it's fine. You know, I'll rather not see and have something burned in my heart that's real than see, but it doesn't change me. You know, so the encounter, I don't care how that comes. I mean, the encounter, Genesis 28 was a dream, actually. Right? It, it was a dream. But that dream was so powerful, it shaped his whole life. And, and that's also something that I think we need to learn is to pull every drop of life out of encounters, dreams, impressions, visions, trances, whatever it is, is to not let those things go, but, but get the ability to pull out of that everything that's in there, right? So that we can progress, that we can actually step from glory to glory, because revelation is something that stays on your inside. Whatever God reveals belongs to man, right? But the mysteries belongs to him. So mystery, so whatever mystery you've received, it stays with you, but you need to progress, you know, work through it so that you can tap into the next thing that he wants to show and wants to release. Because that's kind of where you want to be. And we need to get the ability to pull life out of the encounter or out of the impression. So don't waste the good encounter, don't just let it go. Sit on that thing. You know, draw the most out of it that you can, and and that's kind of the way we move forward. And I also believe that's the key to get more encounters, by the way, is actually to work completely through that thing and so that I can step into the next thing. But impressions are powerful. Like I remember when when I began ministry or getting you know exposed to more of the supernatural, i would I would sit in places and and you know I started flowing in the prophetic pretty early on. But it was pictures you know it was a feeling i feel the lord says this right that, that was the language and it, i still have it. i still use it it's an impression sometimes i just feel something or i see a little picture one like literally like a photo snapshot and out of that something evolves then i would sit in meetings and, and people would minister and they'd say listen there's an angel in the room uh, i remember surprised he told us there once and he's like no there's an angel in the room i'm like how do you know he's like no, I can smell lightning. And I'm going, ah, nothing, nothing. no, There's not a thing. I don't smell lightning. I don't see it. But I felt something, right? And I went with it. I said, well, okay, I feel something. So, okay. Then Dima would minister, one of my friends who's a seer, and he would go like, there's an angel standing in that corner, right? And what I would do is when he's done is I would go to the corner because I couldn't see it. And I would just stand there and go, step in, step out. Okay, there is something here. I can't explain it. but but the impression, the feeling grew, you understand? And and that is as valuable as seeing. It it doesn't change it, but that grew into visions and more, right? And so you have to be able to take whatever it gives you and start working with it. Some people get such strong impressions, like actually, um, I don't know who attended that conference with Sean Boltz and Bill Johnson in, in February, But um, I was amazed because Sean Boltz was talking and he says he actually actually just gets impressions. Yeah.
1: He has visions,
0: but most of his words of knowledge that he gets, those accurate, crazy, it's impressions. You know, so it's not these open visions that he goes into. He does have those, but not when he's ministering in a public setting, which was quite, I thought it was pretty amazing because a lot of people, I think, We're waiting for this, you know, scroll to run down from heaven with an angel announcing it and then you see the number. And he's like, no, I just feel it very deep on the inside, you know. But that is a way of revelation that progresses or it stays at that. It doesn't matter. But the point is that the impact um, has to be deep. And uh, the depth of revelation um, kind of that it becomes a landmark in your life that shapes your destiny what i mean again look at peter uh matthew 16 matthew 17 john 21 acts chapter 2 acts chapter 4 it's encounter after encounter after encounter that shapes you along your way of destiny and i want to i want to throw something out there real quick uh and yeah so A lot of us we're waiting for a word uh, from the lord about our future and what should i do and what shouldn't i do and all of that and i agree i absolutely agree we need direction and clarity but our encounters actually is the biggest signpost that you can have right because the side of him that he reveals is the side that he knows you will pursue and that pursuit is going to lead you in a certain direction and that is what opens up your destiny in any way, right? That's what opens up doors for you in any way. Like it's about the journey. Jacob on his journey had encounters in specific places and that shaped him into who he's supposed to be. Yes, of course, a word can come and say, listen, you need to do A, B, and C. But it's, it's the fact that I'm encountering him out of revelation that actually shapes me uh, into that thing and moves me forward right and uh, i want to encourage you guys in that that it's it's all of it is grace and mercy right he's revealing himself because he wants to and i want to leave you with this thought before we pray together and just you know i see what happens um but isaiah 30 verse 18 is just such a powerful verse uh i've been stuck on it for a couple of days and the amplified it says it like this it says and therefore the Lord earnestly waits I love it expecting looking and longing to be gracious to you and therefore he lifts himself up oh, I can preach on this verse easy <laughs> therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you for the Lord is a God of justice Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be ended are all those who earnestly wait for Him, who expect, look, and long for Him, for His victory, His favor, His love, His peace, His joy, and His matchless, unbroken companionship, right? What I want you to get is this picture that God waits, earnestly waits, is expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to everybody in this room, Right? he is looking for somebody it's isaiah 30 verse 18 he's looking for somebody who on who he can pour his grace that word grace is the word favor so he's favor mary was he had favor above, uh, beyond all men jesus grew in favor with god he wants to pour his favor out on you he's actually longing and waiting for somebody to do it for him And if we just go, God, I want to grow in this thing. I want to grow in my understanding of Scripture and the knowledge of it. If we can actually just move in that, then God's going to release something fresh and He's going to release something new in the season. And I want you guys to really praise for that, to really praise for the Lord to come and do something phenomenal uh, in that way in the season so that we can actually move forward and just see a side of Him that we've never seen before but these encounters has to become landmarks right Uh, all throughout the history of israel when they had an encounter they put up an altar right and that genesis 28 that stone became an altar i want you to see that that stone that jacob slept on it became an altar it became a place of sacrifice, a place where I put my head down and I said, not my thoughts, not my intentions, but your will. And I stepped into the realm of revelation because he's doing something fresh and something new and something different. Some of you need to go back to old encounters, old impressions, and you need to use that as a springboard into what God wants to do now. You have to revisit those things, awaken those things again, and ask the right question like who is it to you out of that revelation you know what is he doing to you in that moment and as we do that it's going to open up things it's going to open up new realms of, of reality and revelation and continue to ask him if, if, if there's a, a task or a, a, a call over your life and you don't feel willing to go there yet then the depth of encounter and revelation with him needs to come so that it will push you into fearlessness, so that you'll be willing to go. And that's what I want to kind of share on. It. And uh, you know, next week if we go ahead, I'm probably going to go on the same direction, just saying, listen, uh, we need to step into that a little bit more and push into the place of just encountering him. Encountering him. That's what I wanted to tell you, and I'm going to end. Uh, years back, I had uh, three very interesting experiences. And I share it because uh, uh, it just marked me really strong. I was it's three different places. I was sitting at one day. I was just sitting at the same desk uh, way back in Pretoria still. And I was doing, uh, I was spending time with the Lord. And as I was doing it, a favor just manifested right in front of me. And I mean, it was closed room, closed windows. It was winter, and this favor manifested. And I, I was so excited because I was looking for all of these supernatural manifestations. That was awesome. Uh, Then about two weeks later, I was changing Ben, my son's diaper, uh, which is not a glorious thing to do. And uh, as I did it, uh, the same thing happened. The fever just manifests as I'm doing it. I'm going, okay, yeah, this is exciting. And then I was in a tent, a closed tent, no windows open, in the middle of Mozambique in the north. By the way, pray for Mozambique. Um, But uh, I was there on outreach with David and uh, the team from Iris and uh, the next minute a favor manifests right in the middle of us me and another guy saw this here we were all freaking out yeah, it's awesome anyway so life goes on i'm kind of thick-headed and not getting it and then one day god starts speaking to me and he says to me listen uh that was for a reason i'm like okay uh you know and he says yeah i'm showing you three areas of life where 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 that always needs to be in place in your life because it's going to be a bedrock of your ministry I said, okay. And he says, yes, where did you get the feathers? I'm like, all right, when I was spending time with you, intimacy. And he says, all right, so it's intimacy with me. Uh, It's family. And it's when you're out doing the work in the field. And why I'm saying that to you is that all three of those places is a place that can produce revelation and encounter. Sometimes we think it's just sitting in the secret place, which it is. There's a lot to that as well. But sometimes it's actually as I'm in the field and I'm seeing God move and he's healing people and he's touching people and I'm in awe of him because I see him move in a way that I haven't seen and that moves me from glory to glory. That breaks the veil over me. Sometimes it's just spending time with family, friends and you're listening and you're hearing stuff. So Revelation is freely available wherever you want, if you want it because he's looking for somebody that he can be gracious to. So I want to encourage you with just that idea that again he could have just told me those three th- three things he could have told me hey i need you to you know do a b and c and, and i would have listened of course but the fact that it happened the way it did i'll never forget that i'll never forget that right it, it marked me forever and something about that to me is special and other times people get get you know get an impression that's so strong they weep they cry they feel god dude that's a powerful encounter it doesn't matter what, what way it comes but that's exactly and what we're looking for so i want to pray for you guys um and i want to just release something i don't know are there questions not yet if you have a question you can put it in there isaiah 30 verse 18 in the amplified bible that's the verse i see that's one question all right but i want us to pray together and um right there where you are just just really open your heart to the Lord and open your spirit to him and just, you know, whatever season you're in, maybe you're in a season of great revelation and, and all of that. And that's awesome. Maybe you're not. That also happens. I'll talk about that at, at some point as well, but, but we have to be in pursuit of more. And if he's not showing you something new, then keep feeding on the old thing. Cause there's a reason he's not giving you something new. Maybe it hasn't landed in your spirit yet. You know, maybe something needs to progress out of that. So I want to pray that, that sort of that veils, ungodly veils will lift uh, off of our hearts, off of our minds, and off of our understanding in this season. And I will just go into the next level of encounter. So Lord, I, I just thank you so much for who you are, Lord. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you are literally waiting, eagerly expecting, looking, and longing To be gracious to us, Lord. You have a hunger to bestow favor on us as people, Lord. You want to pour your mercy and your grace over us. So, Lord, we come today and we sit under that in this moment. We just sit under that grace and we receive and we wait and we say yes and we expect more. We want to drink deeper, we want to go deeper, Lord. And we just say, pour out more of your spirit, more of your presence, more of your glory uh, in this season, Lord. Just reveal the greater level. Father, I want to pray for people with callings over their life that they're afraid to step into that thing. I want to pray that you will break fear through revelation, encounter, and manifestation in this season. So, Lord, I, I just release a grace for revelation. Let the Spirit, I want to agree with Paul, Lord, And I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be poured out upon all of us, Lord. That we'll grow in that, Lord. We'll step into something new in this season because of that, Lord. That we'll encounter you in a completely different way. That we'll see the riches of the inheritance, Lord. The knowledge of you, the intimacy with you, Lord. That the eyes of our hearts will be flooded with light so that we can know and understand the hope to which you have called us, Lord. How rich is this glorious inheritance that we can get the immeasurable power that is available in us and through us in this season. Father, I pray for encounters, Lord. I pray for revelation. I pray for manifestations that will shape us, Lord, that will redeem people in this place, that will move them forward in this season. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I want you to just pray this with me, just declare this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you that I'm a gateway Thank you that that ladder is open above me. Thank you that angels are ascending and descending over my life. Thank you for rich revelation out of heavenly places. Thank you that Psalm 24 says that I am a gate, Lord, and I open the gate. I open wide my spirit gate, and I say, Lord, let revelation flow like never before in the name of Jesus. Lord, I remove the veil of the past. I remove wrong thinking, I remove the veil of offense, the veil of bitterness, the veil of anger, uh, the veil of um, religion, Lord, let it be removed from my heart. And Lord, give me a soft heart, give me a heart of flesh, a new spirit in this season, Lord. Let the seed of my heart change, Let it will be a seed of glory, a seed of grace, that you will sit on, that it will be a river of life flowing, giving fresh water like Psalm 1. So Lord, I just release that. Uh, in this season in the name of Jesus. It's, um, I see some of you sitting. I'm not going to be able to see you now. I wish I could. But I see some of you sitting, and um, it's like there's a, uh, it, it's like you, you get recurring dreams, but it's, it's frightening dreams. It's not nice dreams. It's scary dreams. And it's kind of, um, it's positioning you in a place where it's actually blocking you from flowing in, re- in the revelatory realm and uh i really if that's you just throw a comment real quick just a thumbs up or whatever i don't know how that works it makes sense but it feels like somebody you're getting re- you know recurring dreams but it kind of throws you out of what god wants to give you um i really would love to to pray for that uh, in a minute yeah thank you jesus thank you jesus yeah also i see people with like a right knee i keep getting the right knee injuries uh, stuff that's happening on that side and uh, I want to pray into that I want to pray for you for healing uh, in that regard as well um, yeah thank you Jesus that'll be crazy but is there anybody that actually has corona you got tested if you are you should be alone now but <laughs> is there everybody that has it all right there's two people with dreams is there anybody else that, that has a, or a relative or somebody that has corona i would love to pray for that we're going to pray in any way is there someone no not yet all right thank you jesus the knee is there somebody with the knees that that makes sense yeah thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just keep letting those comments come in about the dreams. I see there's a lot. Okay, right knee. Right, awesome. That's cool. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord. I just start praying about those dreams right now and I come in the name of Jesus father I, I rebuke these demonic dreams it's almost like like night terrors or a torment thing and I come against that in Jesus name we lift that thing right now we command you to break in the name of Jesus Lord, I, I pray for people that struggles to enter in because of unworthiness Lord, we we rebuke that thing right now in the name of Jesus. Let it break off.
1: Let it break, break, break in the mighty name of Jesus. Let it lift right now in Jesus'
0: name. Let the dreams push back in Jesus' name. Sure, it's literally like I see Genesis 28. Those of you with the dream, I see as you go to bed tonight, like you put your head on the rock, which is Christ, and you lay your head on the altar, which is praise and sacrifice, and you lay it before the Lord. And that realm opens up again, Father. So thank you that that realm of the spirit, that ladder opens up in the season. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for the knees right now. And even as you're sitting, you're going to start feeling like heat on your knee. In Jesus' name, whoa. One of your knees just snapped. I literally heard it just pop like that. That you just comment because I, I felt it so strong it's like something just popped uh, on that knee right now so lord i thank you in jesus name just continue that healing let it flow let ligaments whatever it is with it's cartilage whatever is necessary let it just be healed uh, in the name of jesus uh, right now if there's somebody uh, you had a car accident and i see it's like sometimes when you close your eyes to engage with the lord it's like that accident, it's like almost you see the crash happening in front of you again. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I saw somebody who's sitting, you want to engage heaven. And as you do it, as your eyes close, you see that crash, uh, the car accident just unfold in front of you again and it pulls you out of the presence the whole time. Um, is there somebody that relates to that? You can just maybe comment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. release right now over that person as well just release something over them right now in jesus name break the trauma in the name of jesus let their imaginations be washed be renewed and be refreshed Uh, in the mighty name of jesus thank you lord thank you jesus yeah i i feel like there's somebody as well um you you have dreams at night but this is positive by the way so you 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 feel like you want to go into dreams and knees on fire that's a good thing um so so you when you have dreams at night you kind of feel a presence in your room and i don't know if you're not sure what it is or what the story is but i i, I kept seeing like there's somebody that that every night you go to sleep you feel a presence you're uncertain what it is and i see this blue angel it's an angel of revelation Uh, that stands next to your bed and maybe it's somebody that's experiencing something or it's something that God wants to release and anyway so I'm gonna pray for both yeah okay Carmen, is that you Uh, it's an angel of revelation right and I see as you're gonna look at this angel uh, you're you're gonna start seeing a lot of life there's gonna be a a, because angels are messengers that's their job so there's messages that, that god is trying to release through this angel and you need to just kind of open up and engage the lord and the angel and i know that sounds strange but what i mean with that is don't be rude just acknowledge that it's there i uh, don't worship it or don't get weird please but just acknowledge that it's there and allow it to start speaking yeah thank you jesus Yeah, Carmen, I I see that angel and he has two keys in his hand and it's new keys for ministry um, that God wants to place inside of you. Uh, It's it's like as you open it up, the one is like a golden sword and the other one is a silver sword that is giving to you. The golden sword speaks speaks to me of of something in faith. There is a faith word that's going to start coming out of your mouth. It's going to release something really fresh and really new in this season. And the silver sword speaks to me of redemption and deliverance and there's a deliverance edge that's going to come as well as you speak to people as you counsel as you sit with me so lord i thank you for that thank you jesus i want you to just sit and keep your eyes closed and let's just if you still have patience with me if you need to go i fully get it um but just sit for a while and just kind of drink this in and and father i want to pray for the activation and the release right now of angels of revelation around all of us lord but i pray that that that's your here. those angels that are ascending and descending in genesis 28 and on jesus and on us well that's angels of revelation that's angels that releases the flow of revelation and life and father i pray that even as we sit that people will start discerning them in the room where they are, that their spiritual eyes will open up, and that something will start shifting in the atmosphere over us, uh, even in this moment, Lord. Even as they said, I pray that scriptures will start dropping in their hearts. Lord, I pray that dreams that they couldn't understand before, but after today, they're going to understand it. So Lord, I just release that impartation right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I pray that you'll just move over every house, Lord. Over every house. Let it be a Daniel anointing, mysteries of heaven. Let it be unfolded over us. Just ascending and descending. Shookata. Ascending and descending right now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Even as you close your eyes, some of you will start seeing like colors flashing in front of you. That's actually angels that God's releasing and stuff that's moving. Some of you will start feeling a different presence in the room. That's, that's something about this realm that's shifting over us. Whether you see it or not, get the impression. That's all I want you to get. And if you don't feel anything, take it in anyway by faith. So, Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name revelation encounter and manifestation of the season Lord. in the name of jesus amen all right so thank you so much i don't know if there's any questions um i'm willing to take one or two and then we can sign off uh, so if you have one you can just quickly type it and we'll have a look <laughs> my wife says you guys are smart, you don't need a, you don't have questions uh, <phone rings> awesome thank you guys all right I'll give it a minute or so but uh yeah, maybe leave a comment in Facebook if you don't mind. And if this worked for you, and then, uh, and if you would like to maybe look at a mini conference thing, like maybe two sessions or something next week, Wednesday, we can, we can have a look. If that's something that would be, you know, worth your time, uh, we can jump into that. I would like to continue on this topic a little bit and, uh, you know, just see what the Lord wants to do. It's an awesome season, and we need to just kind of step into that and, and go for it. All right. Any questions there on your side though? Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. If there's any questions you can send it on Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever. I have one. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'll go for it.
0: I don't know how to unmute you, Devil. Do I need to unmute you? Let me just see. Da, da, da. All right. Okay, Devil.
1: Can you guys hear me? Okay. So I've been, I've been I've been chewing up quite a bit in regards to um, the heart. And one verse that really stood out for me, and uh, because I was asking the Lord for, especially in regards to to worship, you know, with uh, in regards to a worship team and and, and band and stuff for the season, a new sound and that. And um, the Lord gave me a couple of things of of worship, but one verse that stood out is um, Proverbs 4, verse 23, um, where it says, So above all else, guard the affections of your heart. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, from there flows the wellspring of life. And that just fits so much in, in regards to an unveiled heart, um, you know? So actually the question just is, Is um, do you guys believe that with an unveiled heart also, in regards to, to music and with worship, there will, be, there will come a, a deeper place of revelation and a more intimate place of worship? Um, with music as well and from their release um, something new in the atmosphere
0: yeah I, I absolutely think so you know because uh, you, you have to we have to learn to go blank into the presence like a, a clean page a clean sheet how you want to say it as we enter into the Lord uh, because again like I said yesterday's revelation can become today's stumbling block and to step into what he he has for me and that's why ezekiel 36 it's so powerful i I had it somewhere here but uh ezekiel 36 26 where he says that i i will give you i will remove the heart of stone and i will give you a new heart and a new spirit a spirit of flesh verse 37 and i will put my spirit in you and you will walk in my statutes the interesting part is that word for um, heart and spirit uh, heart is the seed of your will, your emotions, and your intellect. It actually uses that word in the dictionary, the, the, the Hebrew dictionary. So it's the seed uh, of the way you perceive everything. The spirit is the seed of the Holy Spirit. And it, and, and, and it actually says that it, it becomes the... Um, I want to grab that thing quickly. Um, maybe we'll talk about it next time. But it actually speaks to that that spirit it's what empowers you into prophetic ecstasies. It uses those exact words in the, the Brown's uh, dictionary. So it, it, so absolutely, so it, it leads us, when we have an unveiled heart or a new heart, however you want to see it, it actually positions me into a place where I can shoot into places in worship, revelation, hearing from heaven, getting the sound from heaven, um, that, that just moves me into a whole different um, realm with god because i can see things and receive things that i couldn't do before you know that's why mystic prayer or contemplative prayer is so important because you actually learn to go into the presence with a blank check, uh you know and and that allows you to hear and to receive things that you couldn't do normally because without revelation you're going to say it's not possible or it's not right but a person that walks in the revelatory realm can hear about Sound that doesn't exist right now, but you actually believe it, it can be pulled in. So, I hope that makes sense. Awesome. All right. I think I muted you again. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. All right, everyone. Is that, are you guys good? Any other questions?
1: Okay. I
0: think we're done. All right. Bless you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll update you about next week. Bye-bye.